come with me, we're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I am Matt. And I'm Kimbra. And we are live. Well, we're recording this live in front of a studio audience of two. You? <laughs> no, no. Look, there's two people. There's two people. Look, if you, oh, if you cool. are if you are watching this in the future, listening to this in the future, and by the future, we mean not Friday night, April uh, Second. 2nd, then um, I don't know what I was going to say. That means that that you may not know this, but we recorded this on that time live. We're just trying this out. You know, yeah. we're throwing stuff at the wall, seeing seeing what works. Maybe we'll do this from time to time. Uh, so this isn't going to be a normal live. I mean, we are live and we can see the chat, but uh, we're going to actually do this like a regular podcast. Uh, if somebody says something in the chat, we may interact, but that's not, we're not going to be interacting like normal live or where we would be able to say hi to everybody. So don't be upset if you do pop in. Feel free to say hi. We may not be able to say hi back, or we might. I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. But uh, but welcome to the Fantastic Cruising Podcast live, first ever live video edition. Yeah. And what will happen is we will take this down, if you were watching before, we'll take this down after the live is over, and then we will repost it on uh, Sunday. And uh, as well as the regular audio podcast, which we will edit some of the beginning before the started stuff out. Yes. Cool. All right. Hey, we do that. Look, we have some people in here. Look at that. We've got like, we've got a live studio audience of, of nine. nine. That's good. That wasn't like the German for no, by the way. That was <laughs> nine. Yes, nine. Yes, nine. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get started. We have some emails to kick us off, so let's let's get right into the emails for today's episode. All right, so we have we have an email from Scott, the Professor Travel, and he says, "Hey Matt and Kimbra, I found this article about the current status on the Queen Mary's ownership. Good information to know, and it is an article that I haven't actually read yet." <laughs> um. So let's see the real estate investment that operates Queen Mary in Long Beach and owns 26 other hotels. Um, last week, if you, if you <laughs> missed last week's episode, we did a, a breakdown of all the cruise lines that met certain criteria and the cruise line that formerly owned the Queen Mary came up and they don't currently own uh, the, the Queen Mary one. It's a hotel. But uh, and then our friend Professor Travel Scott Saltman he sent us an email that's got an article telling us a little bit about what is going on there. Hey, I see Unc D's here. Unc D, we um, you should stick around because we do have an email from you. We're going to address uh, a request that you had, but we're going to do it after our main topic. We're going to read all the other emails beforehand. So just a little tidbit for you there. And uh, there's some other people in here. Like I said, I don't want to make this like a regular live stream, uh, but I do thank you guys for coming along. And uh, let's go yeah. on. What, you got some more info? Yeah, just just real quick. So apparently it's it's owned by Eagle Hospitality. And um, with the COVID stuff, it's it's been struggling. Oh. Um, and that's basically, this article is kind of about that. I'm not going to read all of it. Um, but we can, we can probably post it on Facebook if. Yeah. If you want to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, obviously a lot of places are struggling with uh, COVID stuff. I know California, you know, they're being extra careful, and that's unfortunately causing causing some economic hardship as well. Um, I know, like, Monterey Bay Aquarium, I think they finally opened where we've been open in Tampa since Mother's Day. So, yeah, uh, you know, whatever. We're not going to get into all that, but – uh, what's our next email? So we have one from Josh. New emailer. Well, well new, not new, not the first email, but not a regular email. Right. Yes. We appreciate um, our new so and regular. So the subject emails. is some new cruise related thoughts. Here, I'll let you read that first line because that's for you. 
Hello to all, all the homeothermic and poikilothermic pets in Matt and Kimber's household. So, Josh, kudos to you for using the term poikilothermic, which is a more accurate description of, um, of reptiles. Technically, they are both ectothermic and poikilothermic. Poikilothermic simply means that you are an animal that cannot generate your own body heat, but your body temperature fluctuates. However, there are some homeothermic animals that are also poikilothermic, like sloths. Hmm. I see uh, I see Mike is watching, and so maybe Anthony's there. They're in Florida right oh. now. So we did the sloth for them. And, and yes, sloths are poikilothermic, but, and they'll go up and down in the rainforest to regulate their body temperature, but their body temperature will change significantly, where most homeothermic animals, it'll stay consistent. Anyway, that's enough of that. All right, what, what else we got? Okay, so he says... This is Josh B. again. Great job with the podcast, YouTube videos. You work very hard, and it's great. Thank you. Thank you. I have some random cruise thoughts, which you are welcome to share on air if you like. Oh, I will. <laughs> Something to bring on a cruise if you're a runner. One of those office supply clicker counters you wear over the thumb. This seems strange at first, but I will explain. Rather than keep count of how many laps I ran on my last cruise, I used a fitness tracker app. When I was finished 30 minutes later, it said I had run something like 17 miles and it showed my path as being a straight line through the ocean. <laughs> I realized Oops. that the GPS was mostly tracking the movement of the ship, not my movement around the little track. A little clicker thingy helps you to not lose count of how many laps you've done. I've lost count so many times when running on a track. That is a genius thing to bring with you because I would have never thought of that. Unless you're just going for the records and you don't care about the reality of it, then you can get like a lot of distance with that. Yes, that's true. Get your steps in. But you're also just, cheating. You can sit by the pool and get your steps in well, at no, the same time. Well, no, you don't get steps in. You just get distance. But you're moving. Oh, yeah. But you are not moving. No. You just have to do this while you're... If it's a wavy day, you might get your steps in. <laughs> okay okay and his second thing matt mentioned offhandedly a few episodes ago that he wanted a cruise that was seven nights in length but that had four port stops instead of the usual three or even two you should check out the offerings out of new orleans on norwegian they have an itinerary that we're booked on in march that goes to cosmo rotan harvest k and costa maya all cool. in the course of seven nights Plus, for some reason, the cruise prices out of New Orleans are always really great. You may know this already, but if not, you do now, and so do you. <laughs> and maybe people listening to this podcast will hear it and book one of those cruises through you guys. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Best, Josh. Thank you for promoting us. Yeah, thank you, Josh. Thank <laughs> you for the email, seriously. And uh, yeah, I, I like my ports, so that's cool. I've, and I've only been to New Orleans once, and it wasn't for a very long time. It was a very short duration. And um, I'd like to go back and check it out. It was it was an interesting, uh, if not fragrant, city. I've never been there. Okay, well, I would I would go back. I would definitely go back. It was an interesting town. All right, what else we got? We got another email. We do. We got one from Donna, who is a new emailer. Thank you, Donna. Um, Donna says. Hi, Matt and Kimbra. First, I want to say that I enjoy your podcast. I faithfully listen to it. I have subscribed to it um, so that I receive it as it comes out. And I have subscribed to your YouTube channel as well. Thank you. Um, I'm currently listening to your last podcast about the different cruise lines. And this brought to mind a suggestion for a topic I would like to hear. You mentioned at the beginning of the parameters. What? You mentioned at the beginning the parameters for what you counted for this episode and even admitted that it would eliminate river cruises because most of those sail with less than a thousand people. I would love to hear you do an episode similar to this one, but just river cruises. Being a cruise fan, I like both ocean cruises and river cruises. In fact, in my opinion, river cruises go to more interesting ports of call. For me, I am interested in history and seeing, what's that, UNESCO? UNESCO. Okay. World Heritage Site type places. So when a river cruise goes to Milan, Italy or Paris, France, that is more exciting to me. Could you do an episode of them? I would love it. That would be cool. Thank you for the suggestion. Um, we would consider doing an episode on river cruises, but we would have to bring in somebody who knows about them because we have 
no experience with river cruises. It is interesting. I think most of our listeners probably don't do river cruises, but it might be an interesting topic for people that don't do them because like us, they probably know little to nothing about them. So thank you for the suggestion. Yes. Also, if you know about river cruises, send us an email because you may be our guest. You could be the expert. Fantasticcruising (laughs) at gmail.com. That's right. Drink. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's right. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. That used to be a thing whenever we'd say fantasticcruising at gmail.com and we'd have to drink. Tonight I'm having ginger ale and some misunderstood ginger flavored whiskey. And I have Kahlua and vanilla Coke Zero. Yum. It's like those new coffee Cokes that everybody loves. Well, we love them and a lot of people love them. That's what that tastes like. We've been doing that for, for a while now. But Yes. All right, we got more emails. Yes, we have one from Stacy. Stacy's Stacey. becoming a regular emailer. Yeah. <laughs> so Stacy's one of the reasons why we went to the video version of the podcast. And now we're doing the live version as well. We'll see if that sticks or if it's a random thing or what. But... Um, but yeah, Stacy. Also, we got to meet him, hang out with him. Um, cool guy, really nice guy. What yes. is what does Stacy got to say? Stacy says, "Hello, Matt, Kimbra, and all the Fantastic Studios animal mascots. <laughs> I hope everyone is doing well. I'm really enjoying the video podcast. Some random thoughts from the late from the last episode. I'm also in the pineapple camp. Hawaiian pizza, ham and pineapple. Can it I just the best? Can I just say when when we originally read that and we read pineapple camp." I know that that's somehow associated with swingers, and I was like, "Stacy." Well, and then, but then I realized he was talking so about. So he pizza. said that because that's what you said. <laughs> Is that what I said? That's what you said. Oh, okay, I don't remember these things. So he was saying what you said. So he probably thought the same thing about you. Probably did. Who knows? Anyways, <laughs> I heard you say you're going to Saint Augustine. I'm sure you'll visit the alligator farm. Such a fun place. The to happiest see. place on earth. Such a fun place to see the gators. You've never been there, have you? I spent like a week there. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, let's see. I'm surprised that I could have let you read some of these. You want to read this? No, one? you're doing great. <laughs> I'm surprised that Royal Caribbean has more ships than Carnival now. I didn't know that. I think you forgot to mention that the new Carnival ship being built is named carnival celebration i have an idea you should do with your data that you collected total up all the passenger capacities for each ship in each line and give a total number of passengers that each cruise line and cruise company can carry not necessarily useful information but it would be interesting to hear those numbers indeed i love all the info on the barracuda while we were at the aquarium we heard the question about the sharks eating the other fish lol I'm really interested in seeing your vlogs and hearing your opinions on the Virgin Scarlet Lady. Mm. Hopefully it Ooh, sails. What's that all about? Keep up How the would good we work know about that? And take care. Thanks, Stacy. Thank you for the email, Stacy. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah. Really? I felt like there was something else I was going to say well, about that. But... So as far as the number of passengers for all of the cruise lines, um, you can actually find a chart on that. That is where we actually started. And we just broke it down even more. So you can find that. Where did you find that chart? You just Googled like cruise lines? Yeah, I think I looked up like major cruise lines or something like that. And and one of the one of the resources that we found when we were just trying to get our initial list going um, before we started breaking it down and looking at them all ind- independently, ha- that's how it broke them down, which wasn't really useful for what we were trying to do, but it was inf- interesting information. We just had so much other data. We didn't want to. But it gave us the cruise lines it, to start with. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it is interesting. It is definitely interesting. So check that out. Um, and uh, maybe we'll talk about that in another episode more specifically. My mom is in the live studio audience. Hi, mom. And then there's a lot of other people. I, like I said earlier, if you just clocked in here, clocked in. Clocked in. Like it's work, right? Um, <laughs> we're we're not doing this like a regular live stream. So we're, we're not going to constantly acknowledge the, the chat just because we, we do want this to be a regular podcast. But uh, we do really appreciate everybody stopping in. Cool. Um, all right. So is that all of our emails? That's that all got? the emails. Except for one that we're going to get into yes. later. There is one more, but it's at the end. From Dan, you have to wait. who's right now watching a part of the live audience there. All right. So uh, today's main to Oh, no. Wait. Hold on. Break. Wait. 
before we get into that, a couple other things we wanted to mention. One, um, we kind of recently, I knew they existed, but kind of recently discovered the Down Under Cruisers. Just wanted to give them a shout out. They actually have a live coming on tonight at 10 p.m. Yeah. Eastern time and uh, seem like really fun folks. Of course, we're a little biased because they're from Oz. So, of course, you know, we love them. But, um, but yeah, so check them out, Down Under Cruisers. We just joined their um, Facebook group and stuff. So, yeah, always, always trying to help out the Australians. And, uh, and then also one of our fantastic cruising community members, Nick, posted a video, his first video ever onto YouTube. His channel is called Make Waves Vacations. He has one video. It is a, um, it is a kind of a review overview of a hotel that he and his family stayed at in Nassau, Bahamas. Do you very, remember what it is? Very recently. I don't remember the name of the hotel. It's, it's the Grand Hyatt. Yeah. It's, it's not the Atlantis, but it's a really nice hotel. Yeah. Anyway, uh, go check it out. Give him some feedback because it's his first video and he and he was asking for that. I will tell you, his it's really, really well done. Yeah. Very well narrated. So just wanted to give him a shout out for that. Appreciate all the contributors that are over on Fantastic Cruising Community. And uh, go over there and look for people that uh, that are in there. And there's creators. If you are watching this live, or uh, even if you're watching it back on YouTube, you can probably hit the chat. There's I see a bunch of creators in here, like Dave and Brandy and Lovey's Fat Life and MGM Travels, The Tyler Show, all here. Um, Unc D has a podcast, The Real Unc D. Check that out as well. Lots of good stuff. All right, our main topic tonight was going to be about um, loyalty. loyalty. We pushed that back because we're going to do that next week because we remembered that a documentary came out called The Last Cruise over on HBO Max. This is on HBO. And it's a documentary about the princess cruise ship, the diamond princess mm -hmm. cruise ship that had the coronavirus. So we decided that we would watch that video, that documentary, and then tell you guys what we thought about it. So that's what we did. We watched it right when we got home. Well, we got home from work. We went out and got a pizza. Which and, is good for our diet. <laughs> which is great for the diet. Uh, but I I was stuck in summer camp, or not summer camp, day camp all day with, with young children. So I needed I needed some whiskey and some pizza. But anyway. Um, <laughs> and What's then, my excuse? You had to deal with a little oh, bit of that yeah, too. Yeah. A anyway, then, then we... Um, yeah, then we went and watched the documentary and uh, just wanted to talk about it a little bit. So first of all, let me tell you that my concern in watching it was that I was worried it was going to portray the cruise industry in a very biased, negative way. Um, that isn't just spoiler alert. That is not actually what really happened. So that was good. But um, yeah, it's the last cruise. Let's let's talk. So if you're not familiar, I'm sure most people are familiar with this cruise. It was the Diamond Princess. It left out of, I believe, Japan. Um, and it was supposed to be like a what, like a two-week cruise or something like that. Yeah, it was a 14, I think a 14-day. It was supposed to leave, well, it left January 20th and supposed to be back February 2nd. But it that didn't happen because the well, it sort of happened, but yeah, well, not, yeah. Not, not quite this way that you would think. Because because this hit, this cruise left at the exact same time that the pandemic really just flared, and unfortunately, it really, really flared up on the Diamond Princess. So there were three thousand seven hundred and eleven people on this ship, and um, that's passengers and crew. Correct. That's just people. That's just human yes. beings, and um, and and. Of that, in the end, after several weeks of being on the ship, uh, and before all of them were finally got, gotten to evacuate the ship, 567 of the, I'm sorry, 712 of these people became infected with the coronavirus, COVID-19. 567 of those were actually passengers, 145 were crew. And uh, we want to state up front, the, the tragedy of this is 14 people did lose their lives, which is very tragic. Yes. And we don't want to underscore that. They did happen to all be passengers. None of the crew lost their lives, which is 
which is good. I mean, it's not good that anybody did, but um, yeah. So, all right. So what do, we, what, what do you want to say about this? Um, I'm, I'm also going to mention that all of these fatalities, as far as I know, age-wise, were 70 and above. I think there was one. Was there one? There were three that the ages weren't there. Um, the others were all 70 and above. So and the three that the ages weren't listed, I don't know what they were. And and we don't mean by any means that that is okay. No, no, no. Just just a point of reference that that is happened to be the ages of the people, which we know we all know that coronavirus tends to be more severe in people in the older age brackets. So uh, basically, the documentary kind of follows some crew as well as some passengers. I think it was like three different couples of passengers that it, that it followed. Yes. And then the the crew, um, maybe a, a couple different two, crew members. Two or three main crew members, like main, like that were focused on. There might have been a couple here and there pieces, but yeah, two. I would say two main that kept kind of popping on. Right, three. I don't know. So so basically, it's it's interesting because it obviously they had to take footage from different passengers and and this whoever made this documentary, put it all together. There is no narration in the documentary. Um, it doesn't seem too heavily biased. I mean, nothing cannot be biased in some sense, but, um, but it just kind of follows the progression of it. And it's interesting to see the behaviors change. I, I can see we made a fatal error in not taking the dog out before we started the podcast. Well, <laughs> And it's live. So we can't, usually we can pause it. We can't do that because we're live. So you're going to hear Reno throwing a fit back there. We may have to have I just, you. I just don't understand because we went out not that long ago. Because He wants food. I'll oh, be back. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so basically it's, it's interesting though, because in the beginning, you know, you're, you're following along with these people and they're, you know, they, they haven't even really heard about this. I mean, they've been on vacation in Japan. They don't even know what's going on. It's really just starting to blow up suddenly in China. There's like barely any U.S. cases or none at first, I think that popped up. Um, and then as it goes on, you know, they they are supposed to be back in port and they can't get off the ship because now they have um, they have, I think, three passengers or something like that that actually test positive for covid. And that puts everybody in a situation where the Japanese government needs to test everybody. And and, and then they find more positive people and then they find more positive people. And then as it goes on, you know, the the passengers are all quarantined into their rooms while the crew is trying to keep things going. And as people are testing positive at one point, they're taking those people off the ship to a hospital and they're leaving the ones that are testing negative on board, which is splitting up families and all all kinds of stuff. It was, it was a really interesting um, look at the situation and uh, th- there was some interesting takeaways from this whole documentary. Anything you want to say, take away from it? I've got several points, of course. Um, <laughs> I'm curious what you, okay. you're going to say. Well, the first thing that I thought was, was interesting is that um, the crew was sort of, considered a little bit dispensable in this. Like they were taking a lot more precautions with the passengers than the crew. Um, Now, granted at the time, and this is going to be another big point that I'm going to make about this. We didn't know a whole lot about this. And what we did know made it seem like probably the people in the crew's age range were, were going to be okay, but it was scary for them. So that was a big takeaway. And they felt like, that some of them had, I think, legitimate fear that these wealthy passengers are going to be saved and they're not. Like at one point, a rumor starts on board that they're going to actually sink the ship once they get all of the passengers off. Because they got the passengers off and the crew were still on there for a little bit. Now, obviously, that was not true. But, you know, just the fact that that mindset was there was, was an interesting takeaway. Uh, on the flip side... I read a review about the documentary before we watched it, which is one of the things that made me concerned about, you know, how are they, how is this going to reflect on, on cruising? Because it kind of talked about, you know, there's a pastry chef and she only makes like 900 and some dollars a month and she's working 13 hour days, no days off. And it's like, well, that sounds terrible, you know, to, to us 
Americans and stuff and what we're, we're used to for wages and that sort of thing. Uh, it was interesting because while they did feel a discrepancy, which was scary for them and scary for the reality of it, uh, every person that was part of the crew that were making videos were basically like, not everybody gets an opportunity to work on cruise ships. We want it. We want this to get back up and going so we can get our jobs back. A lot of them were af afraid, but, and this is not good. They were afraid to say anything because they didn't want to lose their job. So that to me says maybe they value those jobs. I don't know. I know it's a big topic in the cruise world about how crew are treated and everything. And this is my takeaway. This is my takeaway. My takeaway is um, when you're on a cruise, just remember that, the people that work on the ship are working their butts off and they're maybe not making very much money for what we would consider it. And so we need to treat them with dignity and respect. And, you know, of course, tip where tipping is merited and that sort of thing. That was, that was one of my takeaways, something I kind of already knew, but it was, it was interesting to see in that light. And it was, I was glad that it, it didn't appear more negative. That made me feel like, hopefully that's a real perspective. But who knows? I don't know. I haven't worked on a cruise ship, you know. Anyway, that was my first takeaway from it. Okay. I'm I'm going to throw in real quick. I'm just really glad that so before before we watched it, I thought it was going to be just about like the passenger side of things. So I was really glad that they took some footage and stuff from crew to get the crew side of how they were experiencing the situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, from the passenger side, everybody was afraid at some point. At first, everybody was just kind of like, this is silly. We're going to do it, whatever. As time went on, it got more serious and people started getting scared and you can't blame them. Like one of the comments that the two of the passengers made was that the crew that was they were still busting their butts, making food for all these people, delivering the food. They were delivering thousands of meals. Everybody was working hard. There um, is that their the demeanor of the crew got less like they didn't say they were rude. They said they got less polite and friendly. They were more. And one of them said, "Well, they were more serious." They, yeah, because they were probably scared. They were super busy. Um, it's more like like running a business than very professional instead yeah, of than just you know, the like what fun we're used cruise to. Right, right, right. So I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, what else? What else did you get from this documentary? Um, I, I stuff. <laughs> <laughs> stuff. So another thing that I thought was uh, was interesting from this documentary. Another thing that I I think was a good takeaway for me is that, of course, we know that, you know, cruising is really having a hard time restarting in the United States. Oh, yeah, we talked about this. We did. We did. <laughs> and, uh, and, and hopefully there's been some, some positive news. There was a lot of really negative news recently, and then there's been some positive news. It sounds like maybe doors are opening. I don't know yet. I, I'm not going to speculate, but I will speculate about this. I think that one of the reasons why uh, theme parks are open and aquariums are open and airplanes and trains and all this stuff are opening and yet cruising is being shut down, I think it's because when this all went pear-shaped, especially in the Western world and specifically in the United States, well, I guess really that's not accurate, really just in the Western world, um, these cruise ships like the diamond princess was really where we first saw it and where it first kind of got out of control. And I think that a lot of, a lot of that negative attention to a serious crisis, I think that makes the CDC and the United States government or whoever, I think it makes them more defensive and careful about the, the PR nightmare. Like if you let people go to Disney and there's an outbreak, that's not good. But if you have people go out on a cruise ship and something happens well now everybody's going to be pointing their i told you so fingers at you and go what what are you doing and whether that's justified or not that's a whole nother conversation but i think if you can open these other things then the cruises are not that much of a concern in comparison 
it made me think that maybe that's part of why we are struggling so hard to get our cruises back. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But, well, I mean, at the time of this, um, the it, all of the cases outside of China, that half of them were on this ship. So of yes. all the cases that were outside, half of them were on this one ship. Right. So, like you said, it was it was a big thing, but it was there were so many unknowns. Right. Which is why it happened, of course. Right. And that is actually my final takeaway from this is it really hits home as you can see this happen. And I suspect we'll see more documentaries in general about the coronavirus in years to come. And as you see it happening in real time, you can you can hear the cruise director right away saying, there's nothing to worry about. Everything's under control. And you hear, you know, the U.S. saying, don't wear masks. You don't need to wear masks. It's not going to be a problem in the United States. And, and it's easy to look back at those times and those statements and those people and be like, they were up to some conspiracy or something. But the reality is we just didn't know. Like there were just so many unknowns and mistakes were made. But like in the case of this cruise ship, like they did things wrong but they didn't do them wrong for some malicious reason. No, they just didn't know. They just didn't know. They were they were doing the best they could. They were they thought they were doing the the best job that they could and in some cases that just wasn't the way it it ended up being. So, uh I and I think that's I just think that's a valuable thing to think about whenever we uh whenever we look at all, all the you know, the way that the, the science has changed and stuff like that. It's not necessarily that there's some, although unfortunately there's been political agendas attached to this stuff. It's probably in most cases, just the fact that we, we don't know everything. Science doesn't know everything. Medical people don't know everything. We have to understand it, figure it out. And when people are dying, you don't have time to wait for all the research to pan out before you start making decisions. You have to start making decisions. And if they're wrong decisions, that's going to happen. Um, and that's just the unfortunate reality of it. But anyway, that was my final takeaway of, um, of that documentary. But I think it's, I think it's good. I, I mean, I, I would mm -hmm. definitely say, you know, it's worth a watch. Um, it's not like the most incredible documentary I've ever seen, but it was, it didn't portray the cruise world in a, in a negative way. I, I don't think it had a little bit of a, uh, of political stuff at the very end and just the, the, um, the text at the very end, but it, but for the most part, it just kind of, I think pretty fairly documents, you know, what, what happened. Mm -hmm. um, and it really just shows that they were they were trying to show control and poison in a situation that they didn't really understand, and they did the best job that they could. And and unfortunately, fourteen people died, but fortunately, um, forty people didn't die. You know, so I, I I don't know. I don't know. It's it's interesting though. It's interesting to see that it was almost like a little reflection of what happened in the United States happening in a much smaller, quicker scale yeah. with even less access to information. Yeah. But less access access to misinformation too. So that maybe I don't know if that helped or hindered it, but but it was a thing that happened. So yeah. there you go. I, I do feel like it just kind of like the documentary just kind of ended. Like I thought yeah. I thought there was gonna be a little more, but it was just over. Uh yeah, I, I mean it, that's true. And um yeah. Um that's true. I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, it's, um, and I totally, I was doing something in the chat and totally lost my train of thought. What did you just say? <laughs> um, I said it just ended. Yes, it did. It ended very abruptly. They did show all the people that they interviewed and they're all still spoiler alert. They're all still alive. You kind of know that cause they're talking. Right. about the experience yes. yes they're like sitting in like a <laughs> so, living room like being filmed so yeah so yeah. yeah that's that's good and i and i see uh dave and brandy here they were they were kind of they kind of came away with some of the same things you know um that they were worried it was going to bash the cruise industry and stuff and and uh it was interesting to get the different perspectives so you know and, and then margaret saying 
Yeah, I was going to say, we do have this question. Is it worth subscribing just to watch it? No place to get it for free that I can find. I, I don't know. I don't know if no, I would subscribe to it. I, I, don't, to... I mean, if, if HBO Max has a free trial, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't pay a monthly fee just to watch it. No, I, I, I would say that's that I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean it's it it was a it was an okay documentary, but really you can get all that information from what we just said or from reading reviews of it or or just researching what happened on the Diamond Princess. Um I, I wouldn't subscribe to it for yeah for that. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's our main topic. Oh, sorry. I just burped. And oh, I could... it smells. Yeah, we too. had garlic knots. So. <laughs> sorry about that. You should have turned your head. Sorry. <laughs> Good thing this isn't a smell of vision podcast. <laughs> but I had to deal with it. <laughs> smell of vision. Yeah, you ever heard of that? Smell of vision. It was supposed to come right after 3D, you know. But I mean, we kind of have, look, we kind of have that now in 40 theaters. That's true. We have, they, they give we have you a smell smells. and water and bubbles. Yeah, that is that is part of it. So, <laughs> oh, that was gross. Sorry about that. I, All right, let's get into. Are you, are you ready for the last email? Or are you going to say something? That's else? what I was going to say. There we go. Took the words right out of my mouth. Do you do you want to play the music for it, or do you want me to read it? First? Uh, I can try and play it. So I don't know how well do, this do is. Do you want me to work. read it first, or do you want to play it? Go ahead and yeah, go ahead and read it, and that'll give me time to. It's fine. I have to find it. To bring it up. Okay, here it is. So this email is from the real unk D. He said it. Send it. Sent it. I can talk. Sent. That's the sent. theme of the day. Sent. No, the, <laughs> not no C in that word. Sent it about a week and a half ago, but we skipped it last week because we already had something in mind. But he says, "Cruise creature thought." A creature I've been researching a bit, mostly because of its name, because it amuses me. Curious what you may know or be able to enlighten us all about. The Blob Sculpin. Sincerely, your devoted fan, Dan. Oh, it didn't play. Oh. Why didn't it play? There we go. I don't know if that came across very well on the audio, but anyway, that's how we do it in the amateur world of live stream uh, podcasting. When we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, if you aren't already subscribed to the channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up if you don't mind. But yeah, the blobfish. Now, look, uh, I'm going to tell you, Dan, the only way you're going to come across the blobfish on a cruise is if something went terribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you never see a blobfish on a cruise. But, you know, it is such a popular animal that when you sent the email, I I just thought, you know, we got we got to talk about it cuz there's a lot of misinformation about our friend the blob, the blobfish or or as you pointed out, the blob sculpin. Now, first thing I I will admit, I had to go do a little bit of homework myself. I am not a walking encyclopedia of every single um, cruise creature and marine animal on the planet. But I always tell people it's not knowing all the information. It's knowing how to find the information. I know you've been doing some research too, Dan. Um, so you may know some of this already, but here's what I will tell you. Uh, the blobfish is part of a genus of fish, which is called Cycroludes. Did I say that right? Yes, Cycroludes. We had a whole discussion about the Latin we pronunciation. Had, we went back and forth, and I said, I think it's this way. And he <laughs> said, I think it's this way. And then Google said it was my way. I didn't actually know. I wasn't like Cycro psych, something team. I was just. Yeah, I, I just want to win something cruise creature. There you go. She won. Just let me win. She won. Uh, so the reason that we we get into the genus part of it is because the blobfish is not just one thing, right? So there's there's several species of blobfish, which are also called fathead sculpins. So if it wasn't bad enough, and, and if you don't already know, just Google blobfish. I'm, probably everybody has seen the meme of the blobfish. But if you haven't, Google blobfish for an inaccurate representation of what they look like. And uh, if it's pink, then it's wrong. But it is a blobfish picture, but we'll get into that. But yes, if if that isn't bad enough, their their group of fish are called fathead sculpins. So I don't know what this fish did to get all this hate, but they, they definitely got that. Maybe it's not hate; it's it's love because they're they're so ugly, they're I mean, adorable. I mean, they do have a 
big head and a little tail. Yeah, they look like the cartoon, uh, the comic Ziggy, when they're when they're un desubmerged. Have you ever heard of Ziggy? I don't no, know what Ziggy is. is. Ziggy was a was a comic strip in I guess the eighties, and it was a bald character with a really big nose and little dot eyes. Remember, I'm not as old as you. Whatever, whatever. Google Ziggy, uh, okay. and you'll see. You'll be like, oh yeah, it looks like a blobfish. But look, the the reason the blobfish looks so weird is because whenever you see that famous meme picture of it, it is basically, uh, it's been brought up from the depths. Oh, I've seen that before. See, not as not as young as you thought. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and by depths, I mean, normally these fish are somewhere between 1,600 and 9,000 feet underwater. So these are deep water fish, which is why if you see one on a cruise, you've gone the way of the Titanic or something. And you probably haven't actually seen it because you got squished. Look, here's the reality, okay? These fish don't look like that when they're underwater. When they come up from the depths, they get all squishy and weird looking. But to be fair, if we took a human and took you down to 9,000 feet, you'd look pretty freaking weird too, okay? You'd be all squishy and weird looking. Just saying. More than you already are. Wow. All right. See, people can see my face now. They know. I know. know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you're squishing weird looking. I keep hitting the desk and it's shaking the camera. <sighs> anyway, these guys, they the one that you specifically said is the uh, is actually the blob fish or blob sculpin. So this is this is one species that's had a lot of research done. On it, they're in the North Pacific. They're over in Japan. They're in um, what is it, the Bering Sea, and then they're in California. And they're kind of right off the coast. But I always tell people there's a caveat when you're talking about deep sea animals and you see like a, a range map on them. They often are spotty and weird because all we can do in science is report where we know that they live. And so we we don't see these animals that often. We don't usually know the full extent of their range and so it often looks a little bit spotty and strange so they may have a much broader range than this they may live in deeper water we don't really know but we know where we tend to find them they do get caught up in bycatch so they there is some amount of data but that's also where we're dragging our nets and stuff like that so that's what we know they eat we know what they eat because when they get drug up we can look at their tummies and they eat crustaceans which is like shrimp crabs things like that they'll eat gastropods which are snails essentially and they'll eat these things called sea pens do you know what a sea pen is that's what i write on my notes yeah, on when i'm underwater it's like a sea pencil but no it's <laughs> it is an animal that looks more like a plant so there you go i think they're in oh i think are they kinoderms are they you want me to Google it? Are they Nadarians? I don't know. Yeah, Google it because I'm not sure. The sea pens. But anyway, they look like plants. They're animals. It's the sea pen. So this is what they They get up to 28 inches long. So that's bigger than I actually thought these fish got. And the, the reason that they look so freaky when they come up is because when you live that deep underwater, you have to have some adaptations to help you survive. Nadarian? They're Nadarians. Okay, I was right on the second one. So that's, Nadarians are your sea anemones, your corals, um, your jellyfish, stuff like that. I, t I told a camper today that I was contractually obligated to say jellies. <laughs> Is that allowed to say jellyfish? Was it one of the, the five-year-olds? Yes, it was one of the five-year-olds. Did, did he look at you like you were crazy? No, he had no idea what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, so anyway, when you live at that depth, you have to have some adaptations to survive. One thing that most fish have that helps them survive is something called a swim bladder and that they fill with gas and it allows them to float or sink or usually just kind of hover. That doesn't work so well when you live in the depths. And if you come up, then that gas expands and you end up with your stomach on the outside of your body, which is not where you typically want your stomach. Unless you're a starfish. Unless you're a starfish. And then you're like, Good with it. Look at that. See, there you go. Points for camera. And you didn't even tell me to say that. I didn't. That was completely unscripted. So, which is basically a good definition of this podcast. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. So, so, uh, so what they have is first of all, they don't have any scales. So they're a scaleless fish. 
uh, eels, also scaleless fish. There are some others, but most fish do have scales to protect them. They have, between their skin layer and their muscle, they have this gelatinous material. And this gelatinous material is slightly less dense than the seawater. And I don't mean intelligence. That I mean, like, it's a little bit, it's a little floaty. So it gives them a little buoyancy. Now, we think that these guys are benthic animals. Do you know the word benthic? I do. Put her on the spot. See what I did there? Put her on the spot. Benthic. This is what it's like living with me. You're like constantly in class getting quizzed. That's the word that's like different than, than pelagic. pelagic. Pelagic, yes, yeah. it is. It is very different than pelagic. Pelagic is open water. Yeah. So benthic is not open water. True, but more specifically, it's things that live on or near the bottom. Okay. So they're benthic animals. I ha I did I did know that that was a word that I knew one time in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, another weird adaptation is they don't really have a skeletal system like most fish, like a hard bony skeletal system. But uh, <laughs> Joe's saying insert the, the I know, thing. right? Uh, Welcome but, to my life. <laughs> but you like it. I do. You enjoy that. Um, but but that would be a that would be a problem. So they they have kind of this. That's another reason why they look all blobby and weird when they come up because they don't have a lot to hold them together. Basically, they need to be in that niche zone uh, in order to to have the right structural integrity. We've been watching a lot of Star Trek, so structural integrity is a word <laughs> that comes up in Star Trek quite a bit. But it's a real term. Uh, make it so. Make it so. Yes. Now another interesting thing is. Uh, I think it's around 2003, early 2000s, there was some research vessels that were putting submersibles in the water. And we have learned a lot about the blobfish from these particular expeditions. One thing is that they, they lay a lot of eggs. They're little pink eggs. So perfect for Easter, huh. which is when this is going to come out. We didn't oh, even think about that. Yay. Happy Wait. Easter. Like, like a lot of them. See if you can find them all. All 100,000 of them. Yes, they can have like 100,000 eggs, uh, but only about 1% of those will survive. So, which is like, that's, that's what you call a shotgun strategy. Okay. So, so in the animal world, we're going to do, we're heavy on the cruise creature tonight. In the animal world, there are two basic strategies for animals that have offspring, which is pretty much Ooh, any animal. I know this. Because that's how you survive is having offspring. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you either have a whole lot of them or you have like almost none. Yes. Or like very few. So the, the way this works is the shotgun strategist, it's like you shoot a spread of shotgun pellets at something and hope one of them hits your target. But you know, most of them are going to miss. Okay. So when the zombies are charging you and you're, you don't have time to aim. No, that's, that's a totally different reference. The other ones are marksmen. So a uh, marksman species is a species that has fewer offspring, usually one or two, and they spend more time either in development so that when they come out, they have a better chance of survival or they get more parental care. So some mammals are, um, are more marksmen, but other, other species can be as well. So these species are not, though. they are very, very much shotgun strategists, when it comes to reproduction. So they, but, but they do something that deep sea animals don't tend to do, which is tend to their eggs. Yeah. Like they, they hover over them, right? Yeah. And what they're probably doing is they are maybe scaring off small would be predators. We don't really know, but they do seem to be cleaning the stuff off the egg. So when you live in the deepest parts of the ocean, what happens is a lot of your energy source comes from up top. So the way that a general ecosystem or food web works is you have to have something that is a, a producer. So in most of the world, that's sunlight. And then it goes into the plants and everything else, right? So in, in the ocean, it's still like phytoplankton and stuff at the top. Coral relies on, on algaes and, and that sort of thing. In the deep sea, there's no sunlight. So you've got to get that energy source. It has to come from someplace. Well, it comes from something called marine snow. Marine snow is basically poop and dead stuff that is sinking down, I almost said floating down, sinking down to the to the depths. And then the animals use that as, a, as an energy source, and that is how they eat and survive. Okay, but that also tends to 
build up on top of the ocean floor, which is a problem in some cases for eggs. So they clean those off. They also tend to lay their eggs from what we've seen of them, which is a limited sample size, but still decent, decent enough, uh, with a species, one specific species of octopus that also tends to lay its eggs there. Now, they, there's probably a couple of reasons that they lay eggs in the same place. One is they lay them on these shelves that are near warm water vents. So deep ocean is cold, but sometimes there are warm water vents, geothermal energy coming out. And, and that's probably one of the reasons why this is like a hot zone, literally, for laying eggs. But also, a lot of animals will use this to increase their shotgun strategy. So octopuses also lay lots of eggs. And, uh, and that means that, that they're going to have eggs mixed in. So it's even more eggs for predators to eat, but more chances for survival of their own. So that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, um, like I said, only about, only about 1% of these guys do actually survive this. So it's, you know, they're banking on just that little wee fraction of them surviving. And we, I don't know, we, we found one reference to their longevity and I don't know how, I don't know how accurate this number is or how well researched it is, but it says they possibly live up to 130 years. There are ways we can age fish. Uh, one of the main ways that we do that is by look at counting the rings on their otoliths, which are their ear bones. But I know one of the things I read about these guys is they don't have like a well-developed otolith, I think, or something. So I don't, I don't know. There's also other ways, um, but this wouldn't work with the blobfish, like the Greenland shark, which we think lives uh, somewhere between. Well, the the average is 400 years, so it's it's a 150 plus or minus 400 years. And the way that we date the that species is we actually are able to carbon date the lens on the shark's eye, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and it gives us it gives us a, a plus and minus error of 150 years. So 400s right in the middle. Crazy, right? That means they could live like almost 600 years. That's that's crazy. And these are just the ones that we've done the test on. I mean, who right. knows? Is that an average? Is that an exceptionally old one? Is it a younger one? Like who knows? Who knows? They also green. Not the cruise creature, but they have um, copepods that are parasitic and go in their eyes and eat their eyeballs. So they we, we've done the Greenland shark. We did the cruise freezer. We did the green. Okay, never mind. Go back and listen to that. Episode. I don't know which one it was. But but, we had we had um I don't remember somebody's child requested it. That's right. But I don't I don't remember who I'm sorry. So it was a special guest one. Yes it was okay. it was a special request. That's why we did it. Was that Brian? No it wasn't I can find anyway. it. I I'm sorry <laughs> it's it's not that I forgot you. I just didn't remember, which I guess is the same. <laughs> oh, now Margaret, who's in the chat, said that the uh, Fukushima Aquarium in Japan had one on display in 2017. It was brought up slowly by some fishermen, so it looked normal, and it was doing fine. Don't know if it's still alive or not. That's interesting. I don't know either. I'll have to look into that to see. But definitely, if you look up the blobfish, look at them the normal meme version, the Ziggy version, but also look for a more naturalistic yeah. version of the blobfish because they don't really look that crazy normally. It was AJ and his son Bryson requested it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And it was episode something. It was a, yeah, it was a while back because he wasn't a guest. No, no, no. He just requested it. He sent us some emails and then requested the Greenland shark. We have a list of all of our cruise creatures. So she's is episode fifty three, which episode fifty three, <laughs> which is I'll find that one too. This is we'll episode what eighty here. something, eighty six, eighty five. I think it's eighty. 80... Oh no, last one. Well, eighty six. No, no, no. On iTunes, it's On... eighty six. In reality, it's eighty five. So what did I just say? It's a long 50, story. Fifty three. So Shark Week. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, we did it for Shark Week. That would make sense. That makes sense. That we would do that for Shark Week. Okay. Anyway, that is our cruise creature. Dan, thank you so much for suggesting that. If you haven't already, go over and listen to Dan's podcast, The Uncty Experience. No, The Real Uncty. The Real Uncty. What is the experience? Anyway, Nothing's the, an experience. It's all an experience. The Real Uncty 
you can find that on any of your general podcast uh, forms. Just search for the real empty. It'll yep. pop right. Up. He also has a Facebook group now. He does. He just started that. So yes. Just go look for him there too. Fun guy lives in uh, oh, 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 Seattle, North, Northwest Seattle. Yeah, I was going to say Washington Vegas. State. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uncle Fiasco. Yeah, Fiasco. See, you don't oh. even know what it's called. Well, his name is the real Uncle. It is. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Dan, for. I mean, that that's out. that's about as confusing as Fantastic Cruising and Fantastic Studios and Fantastic Travel. That's true. We did the same thing. We did the same thing. So anyway, um, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up our podcast. That's I mean, it. That's Early. It. Well, I mean, we're fifty-six. We we, minutes, we could minutes. mention what we mentioned at the end of the last one if you want to make it like part of the actual episode. Oh, do you want to do that? Do you want to? You want to? I mean, I'm sh sure Drop some people bomb. some people have already listened and actually know, but those that don't. Do you mean we have a cruise announcement? A cruise announcement. What? what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. So we've booked a cruise. So we have two booked now. We have we'll two booked if, now. We'll see if the first one goes. We're hopeful that it'll go. We're more hopeful or more optimistic that the second one will go, which is the one we just booked. Yes. Which is on? Virgin Voyages, the, the Scarlet Lady. Yes. We're going to Bimini. Yeah. And we're going to Dominican Republic. And I've never been to either of those. I've been actually, to Dominican. But... Actually, I need to go on both of these cruises because I've never been to any of these ports. Yeah, I've never been to Bimini. And there's a hammerhead shark dive that might be available in Bimini. So we already know what's going to happen there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Black Friday, if all goes well, yeah, we'll, we'll be, be on, on the Scarlet Friday. Lady. <laughs> Black Friday, great. What a name. Mm -hmm. Well, whatever. All right. That it? That's it. Well, on that note, let's head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. And as always, if you listen to the podcast and you listen in to the very end, past the music, you know we do a special little thing at the very end for those brave listeners who stick through everything. Brave or, listeners. Or, or those who just didn't have a way to turn the, the podcast up <laughs> and they're in their car or something. They're like, wait, what, what's happening? I thought this was over. <laughs> so since we're doing it this way, maybe we can just say hi to people that are still here. Okay. Real quick, I see some people might still be in here. I know some people have dropped off. Oh, look at that! Oh, look at that! Just oh. in time, you just made it, Dave. Good day, Dave, and uh, maybe Sue. Oh, yep, Sue is, is there as well. Uh, this is we're we're trying out this video live podcast thing, so it'll it's going to go off and disappear, and then it'll reappear on Sunday with our regular podcast and Joe, Joe is actually a moderator. We were like, we don't have any moderators that are going to be in here. Oh, is he? Cool. Yes. So thank so you, we Joe. Get a moderator. We didn't even know we were going to do this until like 10 minutes before or 15 minutes before. But thank you, Joe, for sticking in there. I don't think we had any, any trolls tonight, but if we did, he would have been on them with the wrench. And uh, we, of course, we have Dan here, the real Unc D and thank you, Margaret. For hanging out, we've got Todd Blount just coming in to say hello. Uh, of course, Mike, Lovey's Fat Wife, who yes. we are going to get to meet in person. I'm so excited. Yeah, Maybe Sunday, but definitely Wednesday. Yep. Maybe both. That'd be cool. Um, and then Scott, Professor Travel. I don't know if he's still hanging out in here, but he might still be in here. And I'm um, just going back up a little ways. Terry Elliott stopped in. If you're still here, hey, Terry. Of course, Stanley Hicks and my mom. Hello, guys. And, uh, yeah, that looks like probably going back. Oh, oh, Mary, 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 Mary Miller was in. here. I don't know if she stuck, stuck around the whole time. But uh, Mary, of course, a loyal listener to the podcast. And oh. Dave and Randy are still here. Thank you guys so much for listening in and hanging out. 
We really appreciate it. That was fun. That was fun. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do this live because uh, it's because we've been recording it live and then just throwing in the stuff. And this makes it a little easier. We might have to get a better uh, system set up here yeah. for video and stuff. But um, yeah. Cool. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, I guess we'll go ahead and, and end it, huh? Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, one oh. last thing. If you're still here right now, go over to the Down Under Cruisers. And uh, check out, they're going live. They're probably They're live. going live right now. Right now, we're going to go over there and hang out. And yeah. uh, we'll see. Last time they tried to get us to come on to the, to the screen, but we were in bed without clothes on. So we couldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> they tried to get us to anyway, but we said no. So uh, this time we're still wearing clothes and, not, and we're wide awake. So who knows? We'll see. All right. Bye. Bye, everybody.